Amen. Thank you, Pastor, for allowing us to come and minister. It's a great privilege for pastors to open their churches to complete strangers. But we did Zoom, and I'm sure he operates in discernment, so he was probably praying in tongues the whole time he was Zooming, Lord, make sure this guy doesn't mess us up. just want to touch base on my book here for a minute. I don't know how many books are left. I think I sent 50 or so up here, but you can, you can get them. And uh, one of the things, if you don't have the book, uh, you can go to Amazon.com and get the book. It's called Milestones the Miraculous. And if you, uh, if you, if you don't mind reading a PDF, I can give the link to the pastor. And uh, if you want a PDF version, you can get it. And if you think you're getting it for free, you're not. You need to donate something to this church, you know, $5,000 or something, you know. But anyway, you know, so uh, unless you're uh, out in the world, when you write books like this, you're investing in the kingdom, and the kingdom brings a far greater return than New York's number one bestseller. So... This book to me is not about the money. It's about getting the message out into people's hands. And the more we get the message out, the return is just incredible on this. So this book here, years ago I had a pastor ask me. We were moving in meetings and doing the doing altar call. People were getting healed. Miraculous things were happening. It was just very powerful. And the pastor said, uh, "What?" first of all, he said, I can't ever do that. And he's doing it now. We were just with him a few weeks ago out in Pennsylvania. But uh, he said, what are the milestones you've gone through to get to where you're at today? And one of the biggest milestones in life, especially for young people to understand this also, is your identity in Christ. Because right now we have like TikTok and we have Facebook and you have Snapchat and you have all of these other social media platforms trying to tell you who you should be how you should act, and that will determine your value. So you're letting outsiders try to tell you how, how you're going to establish your value. But when you know who you are in Christ, your identity in Christ is where you are going to find value. So your identity in Christ determines your value. Then the other thing is your destiny. God has a purpose for every one of us. And when you begin to understand your God-given purpose and you start coming into alignment with that, man, the favor of God is more on your purpose in your life than it is on you as an individual. So the more you understand God's purpose in your life, the more you're going to walk in his favor. So your identity will determine your value, but your destiny will determine your purpose. And when you get up every morning and knowing who you are in Christ and how valued you are, how Father God values you, and he also values his assignment that he put in you because he believes in you. And then he gives you the skill sets and the giftings and all of those things and experiences in life to be able to fulfill that. And there's no greater pleasure in life than walking in your God-given purpose. And getting greater clarity. Sometimes the fog comes in 
and we get to a certain stage and we plateau and the fog comes in and we need clarity. And uh, so this book, we deal with clarity. There's a lot of things. These are journeys that Nancy and I went through in our life to come into a true, our true identity in Christ, uh, understanding our authority as a believer. And tonight I'm going to deal with how to tap into your spirit. We are supernatural. How many of you believe that you're a supernatural being? You really believe that, honestly? Or do we act supernatural? We're, we're supernatural being in a natural body, but man, sometimes it's hard for us to focus on that and keep that a priority. And we do that by recognizing and valuing the place of the Holy Spirit in our lives, ministering to our spirit and how important it is to, to keep that out in the forefront. So this book will also teach you how to take territory. It deals with the religious spirit. How many of you have ever bumped up against a religious spirit? How many? <laughs> yeah, I used to walk in a religious spirit. You know, it, it was horrible. I was raised in, in religion, legalism, all that stuff. And I had to, get, had to get free. I left the church for a while because it was horrible. I'd take my buddies to church, and, and people try to drag them to the altar and all kinds of religion on them. One, one guy, one old preacher, come up to one of my buddies. We were about 16 years old. He said, I think you need to go to the altar. My buddy goes, I think you need to go to hell. And he got up and walked out. And I walked out with him. You know, it was like, it was horrible, some of the stuff that, that uh, we experienced uh, through the religion. But we don't need that. It's all about a relationship with Christ. It's all about a place of intimacy with him, knowing that he loves you. He loves what you're uh, about. He's put things in you. He, he, he takes joy in you succeeding. He takes joy in you prospering. Whatever you put your hands to, he takes joy in you being successful in that. So I, I want to encourage you to get this book. It, it will help you in your identity. It will help you to know how to operate from your spirit. It, it, will, it will teach you how to deal with the religious spirit. If you're dealing with fear, I've got a chapter on conquering the spirit of fear. How many of you like M&Ms? You're thinking, M&Ms, what's that got to do with the book? Well, my wife loves M&Ms, peanut M&Ms. And she wrote a chapter in the book called Guard Your M&Ms. Now, that sounds real spiritual, doesn't it? Well, it's guard your mind and your mouth. And when she's preached that a few times, she's gone and got those little packets of M&Ms and handed them out to people. And they did guard those as well. So if you get chocolate around my wife, she's going to guard it with her life. So I want to encourage you, if you haven't gotten the book, get it. And if you want a PDF copy of it, I will give the link to the pastor and he can give it out to you guys uh, however he wants to do that. And uh, so anyway, and then if you know other people that need to read this, then we want you to feel free to give that link to someone else. Don't sell it. Just give it to someone else. Okay. There is a story in here, though. I will tell the story because I, I think I probably... I pastored 25 years, and I believe in all the pastoring that I've done, I've got one of the best bull stories that any pastor could ever have, and there's a lot of them out there. I'm sure you've heard a lot of them from the pulpit, hopefully not this pulpit, but you've heard a lot of them, a lot of good bull stories. I want to tell you a bull story. I was in the military for nine years. We got saved in the Philippines. My wife and I, ready to get divorced. I was a heavy drinker uh, while, while I was serving over there. 
I never drank on duty, but when I got off duty, I headed right to the bars, and I would get drunk. So I was drinking about a case of beer a day back then. I'm down to a six-pack now, so I'm doing really well. So, no, I, really, I don't drink at all. I just I don't want to do it because it's not because of the legalism. I just don't want to be a stumbling block for someone else. But anyway, we got out of the military, and I went to Bible college. My first week of Bible college, I was working on a dairy farm, trying to make a little extra money, pay my way through Bible college. And we were milking 375 head twice a day, and we were busy. And we had big bulls running loose uh, and big horns on them. We had a 2,500-pound bull that we had running loose in the pole barn. So we'd milk the regular herd getting ready to milk the ones that had some infection. It was called mastitis herd. A lot of you would know what that means. So we had to milk them separately. So I go outside into the barn to start bringing about 35 head in to milk them out. And uh, so I'm out there. I've got the rubber boots on, the rubber pants on, all of the gear. And I'm kind of wading around in all the manure and silage and all that. And I heard a noise behind me. <clears throat> and when I heard the noise, I turned around and I saw a big 2,500-pound Holstein bull, big head, big set of horns, huge eyes, and he was on a dead run towards me. So I looked around trying to figure out how can I get away from this guy. So I saw a, a feeder bin where they just put the grain in. I thought if I can jump in there and duck down, he might be able to get his head in a little bit, but he won't be able to get me. So I turned to start running. When I did, I tripped. And I fell down into the silage and all that stuff. And I get up. And when I get up, there's a huge pole in front of me, probably that big around. If you've ever been in a pole barn, you know they're pretty big. And so as soon as I stood up, the bull took his, took his head, and he put it into the small of my back, and he crushed me into the pole. And he crushed my face, crushed my, my chest and my back, and I fell back. When I fell back, the bull started hooking me and putting his horn and hooking me and throwing me in the air. He threw me in the air probably about seven or eight times. They cleaned blood off one wall about eight or nine feet in the air. So while I was getting thrown in the air, I came out of my body, and I went up into the rafters, and I'm looking down watching this bull just grind my face in and just throw me around and... Uh, you know, I just, uh, I knew I died. I'd come out of my body, so I, I basically knew I had died. So I'm up here, and I hear these words come out of my mouth, Lord, spare my life. And as soon as I said, Lord, spare my life, the bull stopped. I came back into my body, and the bull went clear down the other end of the barn. I got up, and I was able to walk out. And when I was open the gate, I closed it. My partner came out of the Malcolm Pollard, looked at me, said, what happened to your leg? I looked down, and you could put two fists inside my leg right here. I basically was, was bleeding out, was in shock. I didn't feel anything anymore. I had two ribs tore off my rib cage. I had my sternum cracked in three places, all, a lot of my ribs in the front broken, ribs in my back, a horn under my neck, one across the top of my eye. It didn't penetrate, but it tore the skin off, one on the inside of my leg. And um, so I was like, could hardly breathe and we couldn't call an ambulance so we I just got in this station wagon sat in the front seat and we we're about 20 miles or so away from the hospital went there they had to cut the clothes off me but I was about a year recovering from that I was in extreme pain but out of that journey 
out of that. Lots of times milestones aren't always fun. But if you learn from them, they can be a great part of your journey. So what happened was I experienced so much pain in my life. God gave me incredible compassion for people with pain. We move in a ministry of speaking to pain to leave people's bodies, and we see it happen all the time. A gentleman that was here last night was walking in extreme pain for 20 years. Is he, is he here tonight? He's, I saw him earlier. He's back here. Tony, up there, up there, uh, got healed instantly last night. The pain just left his body last night for tw 20 years. We've seen people 45 years on oxycodone, all kinds of stuff, walk in pain for 45 years, it leaves instantly because it has no authority. But see, when you go through things, whether you're coming out of alcoholism, drug addiction, whatever, lots of times those things you come out of become a very powerful testimony for your future and how God wants to use you in ministering to others and helping them to get set free. But there was w one little thing to this that kind of bothers me was uh, my wife was reading a book not long ago about all these people having these out-of-body experiences. And they're going to heaven. They're walking on the streets of gold. They're meeting Jesus, kind of sitting down, having some ribs and brisket with Peter and John and these guys, you know. And I'm like, I'm like, I said, honey, I get ripped off. I never left the barn. I'm just hanging around the rafters. So I had this, like, out-of-body experience. I went through all of the pain and stuff, but never got up beyond the rafters into heaven to see all that stuff, you know. But anyway, I'm glad I'm here today. And I think that's a pretty good bull story. And it is the truth, you know. So my wife watches me because, you know, preachers, they like to be evangelistic, you know, kind of stretch it a little bit. But she keeps me straight in that, okay. So anyway, so that's available. But tonight I want to talk to you a little bit about, last night we talked about redigging the wells, getting the cover, getting that thing that's obscuring your access to the well. What is the well? Where is the well? When you become born again and you receive Christ into your life, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in your spirit. You sang that song tonight. We're going to get into that, what happened in Genesis and how, how you, you uh, became spirit, soul, and body. So you're, you're singing that song. My wife nudges me and says, look, look what they're doing there. So the Lord sets this thing all up. But anyway, so what I want to do tonight is show you how to function in spirit, soul, and body. So when I was putting this together, my wife was like, can you develop a tool or something I can look at so that we can see how we interact with our spirit how God, where does God speak to us, and how does that all operate? How do, how do we function in that? So that's what this is. This is just a tool that will show you, and I'll tell you something. When you learn how to operate from your spirit and not your soul, because a lot of people, they operate from their soul. You know why? Because your soul is your default mechanism. You have to be intentional in operating from your spirit. But if you're not intentional, you're going to default back to the soul, which that is your mind, will, and emotions. That's where you operate from feelings and your emotion. That's where you become soulish. That's where you're, you're fleshly. That's where you operate out of fear. That's where you operate off of what happened yesterday and it wasn't a good thing. So that's driving you today and your decision-making and how you feel about others and all of that. But when you learn to listen and hear from your spirit, it's an amazing thing. 
because everything we hear from the spirit is perfect. Everything we hear from the spirit is in harmony. It comes, it brings peace. It brings rest. It doesn't bring the chaos. It doesn't bring the confusion. It doesn't bring, bring uh, all of those negativity, all that thing, all that stuff. But it does when you're operating from the soul. So we have to, number one, value what's going on in our spirit, learn how to tap into our spirit, learn, learn actually what happens in our spirit. What happens in the soul is where we have mind, will, and emotions. That's where you're thinking, your decision-making, and how you feel about God, yourself, and others. That all takes place in the soul. But what happens in our spirit? And then what happens in our spirit has to be processed through the soul. So how do we position ourselves so the soul won't reject what the spirit's trying to say to us, what God's trying to say to us through the spirit? Because if we're not positioned properly... If we don't have the right relationship with Christ, if we're not in a place of intimacy with him, if we're not in the word of God, then when the Holy Spirit is trying to speak to us, we're going to reject that. And we're going to be soulish. And we're going to doubt. We're going to live in fear. And we're going we're to operate off of, off of the soulish things and not the things from the spirit. So I said enough to really get you confused, right? So <clears throat> I have one agreeing with me. All right, so... Tonight, I'm going to talk about operating in your spirit and engaging the kingdom of God. How many would say you have a pretty good understanding of the kingdom of God? Raise your hand. Okay, about half of you. Let me just put it this way. Jesus is the king, and, when, and, and he wants to have rule and reign and dominion on this earth while we're here. John, John the Baptist said that the kingdom is coming. He was announcing the kingdom is coming. Jesus said the kingdom of God is here. And then there's going to come a time when the king of kings and lord of lords is going to return. And the fullness, we're going to come into the fullness of the kingdom. But we can declare and demonstrate the kingdom. We can grow in the kingdom now. What is the kingdom? It's his ways and his desires. The king's ways and his desires. And when we are tapping into the king of kings and we're allowing him, when we receive Christ, what, is ha what, what does the Bible say? The kingdom of God comes and lives within us. So the kingdom of God is right here within us. He wants to have rule and reign on this earth. And he chooses to do it. Father God chooses to do it through the Holy Spirit speaking to us and us listening and walking in obedience and declaring and demonstrating and seeing the kingdom of God manifested on this earth. That's pretty simple. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just kind of lay this out a little bit more. But when you begin to look at this and you look at the side notes and you look at the arrows going back and forth, you're going to see how all of this inter interaction takes place. And it's, it's really important. It's like the Old Testament tabernacle. You have the Holy of Holies. You, you have the holy place. And then you have the outer court. And when you come in, these, these different things are happening. Your body is like the outer court. The soul is like the Holy of Holies. And then when you come into this, uh, the holy place, and then when you come in to your spirit, you're in the Holy of Holies. This is where the Shekinah glory is. This is where God speaks to you. He speaks to you in the Holy of Holies, not in the holy place. He's, he doesn't speak to you in the soul. He speaks to you in your spirit. Then your spirit helps you to bring that to your soul. 
And then your soul begins to act upon. God speaks to you. Father God speaks to you through the spirit. And then you take that and you bring that into your soul. And now you begin to speak it out first person. You begin to personalize that and begin to act upon that yourself. And so let me give you some scriptures here. In Luke chapter 17, verse 20 and 21, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see it here or see it there, for the, indeed the kingdom of God is within you. So when you receive Christ into your life, the spirit of Christ comes and lives in you, in your spirit. And now the more aware we are and the more we know how to tap into our spirit, which is really alignment in, in our place of intimacy and in the word of God. Because when we get into the word of God, the, it says the word of God is active and alive. It's not something dead. So when the word of God, when you're in the word of God, it's active and alive and it's speaking to you. Your spirit is interacting with the word of God and it's powerful. What, what's happening here? And it, and it says, and it's cutting asunder, separating or dividing what's of the soul and what's of the spirit and the, and the intents of the heart. So that's why we need to be in the word of God. When we're struggling to make decisions, when we're struggling trying, trying to get an answer, my goodness, the best place you can be is in the word of God. It is active and alive. It's going to help you to make decisions. It's going to separate well, whether you're being soulish, whether you're operating in fear or, or trying to make a decision and you're not at a place of rest. You get in the word of God. It's going to identify that. It's going to help you with that and help you to get into the spirit and start operating from the spirit realm. Because when you operate from the spirit realm, and I'm going to show you that in a minute, when you operate from the spirit realm, you get it right. You get it right because you're operating in God's will. But it's so easy to get frustrated or not have the knowledge of the heart of the Father as we should and begin to doubt and fear and think God's punishing us or we deserve this. And, uh, you know, I was saying last night, a woman said to me uh, the other day, uh, she wasn't getting healing. She goes, uh, she said, I just don't feel worthy. And I said, well, you're not. It was a shock to her. I said, you're not worthy to get a healing. I, I said, God, you know, if we were worthy to get a healing, Jesus wouldn't have had to die on the cross. You don't deserve it. You don't earn it. None of that. He provided that through the death, burial, and resurrection. And it's his righteousness, not our righteousness. And that really helped her. But, but see, that's all that stinking thinking that's keeping us from really walking as kingdom citizens, knowing how to declare and demonstrate the word of God, walking in confidence and seeing Father God's heart, Father God's plans operating through us, seeing the people healed, seeing the people set free, seeing people have hope in their life, see, seeing uh, you get the, the revelation, you get... Uh, strategies, and all of those things, when you come into alignment, begin to understand and learn to operate from your spirit and not from your soul. So you're not soulish. So Jesus is saying here, the kingdom of God has already begun. He's speaking to these religious leaders that has already begun. The Pharisees, the, the, he was speaking to them. He was right under their nose and they still didn't get it. God was already ruling in the hearts of some of the people and the king himself was standing among them telling story after story in Matthew 13, verse 33. 
And he says, in, even in Luke chapter 11, 20, he says, if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom has come upon you. The kingdom is inward. It is inward. It is within man's heart. The kingdom is within your reach if you make the right choices. Every day, the kingdom of God is in your reach. If we make the right choices. But it's so easy to become indifferent. It's so easy to be lax. And all of a sudden, cha-ching, we, we shifted to the default mechanism. And now we're operating from the soul. We're allowing today's circumstances in front of us to dictate our decisions. We're allowing what happened yesterday. We're allowing what happened 20 years ago. Still dictating us today. That is soulish. We're, not, we're a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. But lots of times what we're doing is we're letting the echo of the old man call us back to some things. You remember when that person did that to you? Do you know how much that person owes you? They still owe you $20,000. You don't let them get off of that that easy. So you're hanging on to that. You're not letting go. And you have unforgiveness, you have bitterness, you have these things. And that's the old man telling you you're a failure. You've gone through divorce. You've gone through bankruptcy. You've had these bad experiences. The old man keeps calling you back. That echo, it just keeps calling you back. We gotta, we're new creatures in Christ. Old things have passed away. And you know what? Even, even after you're saved, when you give something to the Lord and you release it, he, he chooses not to hold that against you anymore. But the devil will hold that against you. And even yourself, if you, if you allow yourself to, to operate in that default mode. But look, so the kingdom of God is, is in your midst, in the person, in the presence of the Holy Spirit. So this is where it all begins. We sang that song tonight. We were worshiping that song. It was about Genesis 2-7. This is where it all began, where it says in Genesis 2-7, where the Lord God formed man from the dust, the man formed the man of the dust from the ground, that became your body, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, that was your spirit, and then man became a living being, that is your soul. So we are... We're not body, soul, and spirit. The thing about when God does something, always look at God's order. Because God's government, his order is so important. So it's not body, soul, and spirit. It's spirit, soul, and body. And that's what we need to be operating from. Spirit, soul, and body. The spirit speaks to us. And then we receive it into the soul if we don't reject it. So we have to be, Romans 12, 2, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed through the renewing of your mind, continually renewing our mind, keeping our self-position. When we are positioned properly in, in a place of intimacy with Christ and, and in the word of God, I'm not talking about religious stuff, folks. I'm not talking about the mechanics and the religion and, and oh, I got to read 20 chapters a day. No, we got to learn how to pray without ceasing. We got to learn to be in an attitude of prayer all throughout the day. It's great to set times aside, to have your devotional time and all of that. But if it's a religious thing, you know what? Throw it out. It's not, 
It's not working. But when you have a heart for the Father, when you have a place of intimacy, you want to be there. You don't have to be there. You want to talk to him. It's not a mechanical thing. It's a powerful thing. I love talking to this girl. I, sometimes we'll wake up 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. I, I've been with this girl over 50 years. I still love having a conversation with her. I still love having that relationship with her. It is awesome. And that's the same way with our relationship with Christ. The greater our intimacy with Christ as a, as a couple, the greater our intimacy with each other. It just happens that way. And so we, we need to understand that if we can tap into our spirit and, and we can flow with that, it's powerful. It's powerful because that's where God, that's where we operate from. We're spiritual beings. So when you get into your spirit, when you look at this heart and you get into your spirit, it's like that priest in the Old Testament tabernacle. It's like you are in a holy of holies. You're in a place where the Shekinah glory can show up. You're at a place of rest. There was no work inside the Holy of Holies. That priest wasn't in there working. He wasn't tending to all those pieces of furniture like he was out in the, whole, in the holy place. He was in the Holy of Holies, a place of rest where, he, where God was speaking to him. And this is where God wants us. He wants to position us. He wants to put us in a place. He wants us to come into a place of rest. You make wonderful decisions a place of rest, but you start getting soulish and operating from the soul, you're going to make horrible decisions. Horrible. So we are spirit, soul, and body. Now, I, I can get into how all of those operate and function. The best thing to do is to get the book, and there's two chapters on that, and it will really help you to understand it. I want to break down the spirit tonight, and then I want to take us into an activation. Because activation is important. And I'm going to show you a little process in activation where, where any day that you're out there operating and you know how to tap in the spirit, you're going to learn how to get a revelation from God. And you're going to know what to do with it right then. And how to move it all the way th the, from getting the revelation all the way through to see the manifestation of that revelation. That's, where, that's how God wants us operating. Many times God speaks things to us. We get a dream, we get something, we get a word, but we don't know what to do with it, so we hang on to it. I shared a scripture last night. I think it was uh, Psalm uh, 62, 11, where it says, God said it once, but I heard it twice. When God speaks something to you, yeah, it's okay to pray into it, but I'll tell you something. You need to speak it out. There's power in the word. There's life and death in the tongue. There's power in the word. We, we know, I heard a guy say, you need to start declaring crop failure on some of the stuff you've been speaking. <laughs> <laughs> Some of that negative seed. You just declare a crop failure on that, that it fails. We, we have to be careful what we speak. Uh, Nancy's always t talking to the grandkids. Be careful what you say. You get what you say. And she has that, those kids, those grandkids indoctrinated. One of them was little, about eight years old. And she was standing by her mother in the kitchen doing dishes, and the mother was just putting out all this negative stuff. And she says, Mom, Grandma says, you need to be careful what you say. You're going to get what you say. And she says, yeah, you've been listening to your grandma too much. <laughs> you know, these, these kids, they learn. They learn. Let me give you the breakdown of what happens in the spirit. This is so important because there's so many are like, okay, Lord, where, how do you speak to me? How do I operate here? How, how does, what, what functions take place in my spirit? So I'm going to give you the simplicity of, of three things that definitely happen in your spirit. See, see, in the soul, you become self-conscious. It's all about self. But in the spirit, it's God-conscious. 
So that's where the first thing is, is we look at is conscious, spiritual consciousness. Now, in Romans chapter 9, it says this, I am telling the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience, he's talking about God conscious, testifies with me in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing grief in my spirit. This wasn't soulish. He felt the grieving of the Holy Spirit in his spirit. There's a big difference. And then, in, in again, in Romans chapter 8, verse 16 and 17, it says this. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, we are heirs also, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. So this, the God consciousness is where we discern. Listen to this. The God consciousness is where we discern right from wrong, and that's where we justify or condemn. That's why it's so important that we don't get soulish and start justifying something that God's wanting to condemn. How do we know? How do we know whether we just get in the word of God? Because it's active and alive. And it will discern what's of the spirit and, and, and what's of the soul. That's why, that's why the word of God is so important. We get into a lot of books. That it, it, it's great to read the books, but I'm telling you something. It's not active and alive. You get in the word of God, and it will speak to you. We, we're, we're all about rhema. We love the rhema word. I'm telling you something. You get in the word of God, the logos, and it will speak to you as well because it's active and alive. Amen? And so, so that's the one thing that happens. Then another thing that happens is fellowship. This is where we have fellowship with God. We don't have fellowship with God from our soul. That's why we have to be careful what we're choosing to create an atmosphere. Because lots of times we want to have fellowship with God, but we're creating a soulish atmosphere. Now, I, don't, I know what that looks like for me. I, I don't know what that looks like for you, but we have to be careful because if we get a if we start creating a soulish at, atmosphere to try to have fellowship with God, it can become a major distraction, and we don't we don't press in. Do you know what? Sometimes some of the the, the greatest atmosphere you can create to get in tune with God is that right there. Nothing. Just listen. It's like, oh, my goodness, 10 seconds went by. It's too quiet, you know. But fellowship, it says here in John chapter 4, verse 24, fellowship is for us to contact God and to commune with God. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Look at Romans 1, 9. For God, whom I serve in my spirit, in the preaching of the gospel of his son, is my witness as to how unceasingly I make mention of you. So we have conscious, God consciousness. We have fellowship. And then the third thing is intuition. This is where God speaks to us. This is so important we understand this. And I'm gonna, when, when I get into the activation side, I'm going to show you when God speaks something from heaven, it's a good thing. 
But when God speaks to you intuitively, what I mean by intuitively is when he speaks to you intuitively, it's a thus saith the Lord. It's a thus saith the Lord. So this is where we hear, hear from him. This is where the intuition. What, what, what do I mean by intuition? Intuition is a divine urge of our inner God. The Holy Spirit is speaking to us. It means to have a direct sense or a feeling in our spirit regardless. This is, this is what's so cool about this. Regardless of your reasoning or anybody else's reasoning or circumstances. There are people out there telling you, you can't do that. You can't do that. You got to have this on your platform. <laughs> you know, you, you got to have this strategy. You got to do what we're doing or else it's not going to work. I'm telling you something. When you get in tune and the Holy Spirit speaking to you and you're creative, you're a designer, you're, you're, you're an IT person, the Holy Spirit wants to help you with that as well with, with how, how to conduct your marriage, how to raise your children. All of that stuff is all important to the Lord, every bit of it. But he will speak to you intuitively, and it will be a thus saith the Lord, but that's where if, if we start allowing reasoning and circumstances, then all of a sudden we have defaulted to the soulless operation, and now we're allowing our emotions and feelings or what somebody else is saying, and they're messing with you with that. So... So we need to stay focused here. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 11 and 13. For who, who among you knows the thoughts of a person except the spirit of the person that is in him? So also the thoughts of God, no one knows except the spirit of God. So how do we know the thoughts of Father God? Well, we quote the scripture all the time, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. So here's Father God. He's wanting to see something happen in a situation around us here in Grants Pass or wherever it may be. And so he's releasing the heart of the Father to the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit to us. So now the Holy Spirit knows the heart of the Father. What, what does that scripture say again? It says this. Now we, we have not received the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. And how does that happen? It says here. So he, so also the thoughts of God, no one knows except the spirit of God. The spirit of God. Folks, if we're, if we're going to operate and walk in obedience to God's word and all of that, we get it from the spirit of God. And when, when we become born again, the spirit of God comes to lives within us. And the spirit of God knows the heart of the father and, and his will. So he, the, the heart of the father is releasing his will to the spirit. And so now we know. We know the heart of the father. Why? Because we've just heard it from the spirit. We've heard it intuitively. From the Spirit. Folks, when we get a hold of this, and when we began to become aware, we have this awareness of the Spirit of Christ in us. Folks, we're struggling. 
You know, Paul talks about this. Paul says in Romans chapter 7, why do I find myself doing the things I don't want to do? Why can't I do what I, what I want? That's a struggle. Paul talked about it. He dealt with it. But he gave the answer to the struggle. We talked about that today, Eli. It was, we talked about the, it's the spirit of Christ in us that helps us with the struggle. We tap into the spirit of Christ in us. How does that work? Let me give you a picture. All right? So there's a man in Alaska. He's got a German shepherd and a Rottweiler. And he goes into town every weekend on Saturday, and he takes the two dogs into town, and he lets the dogs fight each other. I don't know if there's any PETA people here today or not, but this is just a story, okay? It's not real. But I'm going to make it as real as I can. So I hope I don't offend you. So he goes in, and he lets these dogs fight each other. And so three days in a row, the Rottweiler wins. Three, three Saturdays in a row. And then the next two Saturdays, the German Shepherd wins. And then you never know. You never know which one's going to win. But this one guy was watching the owner, and he kept on saying, and he's like, the owner never loses. He never loses. So he goes to the owner, and he says, look, I've been watching you for three or four months. This dog wins, this there's no rhyme to reason. How do you know which one of those dogs is going to win? He said, that's easy. The one I feed the most. Are you getting that? The one I feed the most. Do we want to operate from our soul, our flesh, or do we want to operate from our spirit? Which one are you going to feed the most? And, you know, if you're, if, you're, if you're not feeding your spirit, by default, you're feeding your flesh. We need to be so hungry for God's word. We, we, when we learn how to tap into the spirit and operate from our spirit and see things happen, it's, it's like we can't wait to get out of bed the next day. We can't wait for, to pray for divine appointments. Lord, I'm getting ready to leave the house today. I'm getting ready to, 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 to go on a journey today, and I, I want divine appointments. Lead me by your spirit. And I'm telling you what, when we start knowing what it is to have life in the spirit, and be, I'm not talking about goofy, weird stuff. I'm not talking about going into Walmart and standing in front of a toothpaste aisle with 14 different toothpaste and saying, okay, Lord, which toothpaste do you want me to buy today? I want to be in your will. You know, that stuff's crazy. You know, I've been around. I'm, I'm, you know, you know, when you see these ridiculous things on these packages says, don't do it. And you're thinking, how did that ever get there? Because somebody did it, you know, and, and it's, it's weird uh, in this stuff. But look, Man, when we get tapped in, there's nothing. This is, this is what we want to see. The way you're going to see the kingdom of God manifested on this earth is to be tapped in and engaging the kingdom of God, the Holy Spirit within you. And he is hearing the heart of the Father. And we are saying, oh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, and God's speaking something to you. Let me take you to the activation phase here of this. This is, this is really good. 
So I'm skipping a lot of stuff. It's in the book. It, uh, almost anything you read in this book, it's going to be for practical application. Okay, so let me, give me just a second here. So I'm going to show you, when you tap in your spirit, you can go from revelation to faith to anointing to glory. And I'm going to show you that pathway. So let's go back to Genesis chapter, chapter 2, verse 7. Then the Lord God formed man of the dust from the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The spirit came, got active within us, and man became a living being. So here's how we communicate with the Lord. We communicate with the Lord through our spirit, not our soul. The Holy Spirit lives in our spirit, and he communes and he speaks to us. This is where revelation comes from. It's where revelation comes from. So when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, and I've studied this, when, God, when we get a word from heaven through the Holy Spirit and God speaks to us through revelation and we know that we know that it's God it comes in a perfect tense what that means is this it's already it's a done deal it's complete it's complete this is why it's so important when, when you're going through something when my wife got a word from the Lord that said we had two pretty major preachers uh, probably about a year before Nancy was diagnosed with cancer said you're going to go through something but it's not going to be on to death that's all they said it's not going to be on to death and then when she was diagnosed with cancer God God gave Nancy a word you shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord three times when you get cancer and you get a scripture you're, the first time you're thinking I just want that scripture that's just me. I want that. I don't want to die. Then she got it again. Then she got it the third time. And she didn't get it from a prophet. She got it from the Lord. She knew that God spoke to her intuitively, gave her a revelation, and it came from the throne room of God. So it came in a perfect tense. And what God was saying, look, Nancy, this is already taken care of in heaven. You just got to speak it out and you got to walk it out on earth and you're going to see the manifestation. You see what I'm saying? And so she did. She went through, I think I shared most of that last night on her testimony, but I don't want to go through that again. But bottom line was this. The doctors were going to treat her for quality of life. Uh, other things happened, and it spread to the lymph nodes, and they were just going to treat the tumors and, and treat her for quality of life. We sat down. We spoke over that word. We said, no, we got a word from God. We're going to speak to every cancer cell in the body to die. Six days later, they went to do a PET scan to see where they were going to radiate, and the cancer was all gone. That was 15 years ago. So, folks, this is why it's so important that we position ourselves to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's great to have a prophet come in, but I'd rather have a prophet come in and confirm or affirm something God's already spoken to me. But if a prophet comes in and, and just gives me something and I haven't heard that yet, I'm going to pray into that. But look, this is what happens. First of all, you get a revelation. When, when, when you're tapped into the spirit, you're going to get revelation. 
Jesus said to Peter, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail and I will give you the keys of the kingdom. The keys of the kingdom are revelations and strategies he's going to give you to to know how to walk these things out on this earth. So we should always be looking for strategies and and revelation in these keys. And the only place you're going to get them, you're not going to get them from the soul. You're not going to get them from social media. You're not going to get them from from podcasts and all of that stuff. You're going to get them from the spirit. You're going to get it from the word of God. And that's how we need to operate. We We can't mix it up either. We can't be half soulish and half spirit. We got to be all in. Because we start mixing it up, it's not going to happen, and then we're going to doubt God. But, man, when you put it all on the line, it's like, no, I heard. I heard God. I heard God. Okay, I'm going to put somebody on the spot. Eli, come up here a minute. I'm going to see how good he is in doing a Reader's Digest version of something because you got to hear what this man. God spoke to this man and told him something that he was going to do in his life. And then what happened was everybody told him that's impossible, but he knew he heard from God. And even after it all happened, he went to a religious guy and said, after it happened, the religious guy said, that had to be from the devil. God doesn't, God doesn't speak today. So, so Eli, just do a short version of, of, of that, what happened to you with the jail thing and stuff. Yep. You know, this guy's an awesome man of God. But share this with him because, the, and the emphasis is, you had a word from God, reason, circumstances, everybody was telling you it's impossible, and you go, I don't know, all I know is I heard from God. Tell them that. This is, this is powerful. Yeah, you know, sometimes you're, you're too ignorant to know any better, right? <laughs> so, um, 20 years old, uh, I got sentenced to eight years in prison. I had uh, been sentenced to eight years, uh, about two years before this, and I went, went into prison, went to a boot camp program, got out. What I thought was, um, you know, joyriding and just be a fun-loving teenager turned out to be organized crime and racketeering. So they uh, they, they, they they gave me the max sentence on this, and um, I got out after a boot camp program. And I said, okay, I'm going to try really, really, really hard to be a good Christian guy. Well, that lasted six months. Reoffended, got back into drugs and alcohol, broke a bottle over a guy's face, and now I'm 22 years old, looking at 22 years. And so I'm just thinking, my life is just gone at this point and so uh, I'm reading my reading my Bible and um, I read this verse and it was Hosea 2 verses 14 and 15 it says I will allure her to the wilderness speak kindly to her there and from there restore her vineyards and give her the valley of acres of door of hope and I'm reading this verse and the, the best way I can explain it was there was a thought that was not my thought that entered in and that's called a revelation right didn't know any of these terms yet right and this revelation, this, this, this uh, word from the Lord said, I'm going to give you ISP probation. So it wasn't just probation. It was a very specific flavor of probation. Now, if that's legally impossible because I don't know how much you guys know about the legal system. But when you go to prison, you might get parole. You might get early release. You might get the halfway house, you know, but you're not going to get probation. And so I just kind of said, okay, well, we'll see what happens. And I go in front of the judge. The judge says, I told you it was going to happen if you ever came back here eight years. And I just walked out, you know, hung my head, and I'm like, yep, I'm crazy. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm a nut. And I get, I get stuck in um, solitary confinement because they lose my paperwork. Um, so I'm in there for six weeks. So imagine being in your bathroom for six weeks. So the first two weeks, I'm telling God where to go stick it. 
next two weeks, I'm, I'm sobbing, thinking my life is over. And in the final two weeks, I was so convinced that I had heard from the Lord. I was like, okay, Lord, I'll believe you. I don't care how impossible this sounds. I'm getting probation. And then he says, okay, now tell people. And I'm like, nope, you had your chance, <laughs> right? <laughs> and what I was doing um, was speaking it. Right? It's, it's one thing to say, yeah, I believe that. But when you speak it, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And as you're speaking this into your life, what's happening is you're, you're believing it. Right? Um, and so I would just tell anybody that would listen that I was getting out on probation. They're like, well, did God say anything about me? Nope. <laughs> you know, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you know? So I call my lawyer, tell her to file for a reconsideration. And she's like, Eli, we've been down this road before. You told me the same thing before you got sentenced, remember? And I said, yeah, yeah, I know, I know I did. And she was like, well, why is this different? I was like, I don't know. I, I just know it's different. It's, it's just different. I know I'm getting out of here. And she's like, Eli, it's not going to do any good. This is what you're asking is legally impossible. And I was like, I know, I'm, I don't know, just, just file the paperwork. And she's like, well, well it's not going to do any good. I'm like, just file the paperwork. So she's like, I'll file it. It's not going to do any good. A few months later, I'm talking to my mom. My mom's sobbing. I'm thinking someone died, you know, because I'm in here, right? And I'm like, Mom, like, lock it up. Like, what's up? And she's like, well, the judge called um, your lawyer, and he's going to have you back in for a reconsideration. Well, then everyone's story changes. Then everyone's like, well, you're going to get the halfway house, or you're going to get or um, uh, early release or parole or blah, 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 but there's no way you're going to get probation. And I'm like, Lord, what do you say? And the Lord's like, no, probation. And I'm telling my attorney, I'm like, no, it's probation. She's like, well, no, 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 you're like, it has to be this or it has to be that. And I'm like, no, God said probation. She's like, you can't have probation. She's like, you don't, you're not getting it. I'm like, no, you're not getting it because <laughs> I've, I've, I've already got the word on it, right? I'm standing on this rhema word. And so we get to the court date, and she kind of pulls me over the side. She's like, okay, listen, Eli, listen. The judge is right over here, okay? We're not going to ask for probation because you could make him mad, and you could go back to prison. You want to go back to prison? And I'm like sitting there going like, I'm I like, want probation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like sitting there, you know, the devil's trying to get in my head at that last moment, right? Trying to get me to settle. Like, oh my God, do I want, you know, do I want to go back to prison? And I was like, no, God says I'm getting out. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm getting out today. I'm getting out today on probation. And she's like, Eli, she goes, you could run the risk of upsetting him and he will send you back to prison for eight years. And I said, Lord, what do you say? And he said, probation. So I said, no, it's probation. So we get back in front of this judge. And uh, it's my turn to speak now. And I tell him everything that had happened. I told him that I was being called to the ministry. And I said, um, and I, I want you to give me a probation. Like, I don't want to be in prison anymore. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> and uh, he's, he kind of sits back and he kind of says, he's like, okay, here's the deal. He goes, I can tell some changes have taken place. He goes, so here's what I'm going to do. He goes, I'm going to give you the halfway house. You know, and, and I'm just kind of like, okay, what's the halfway house? Maybe I got it wrong, da 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 And as he's listing this off, the Holy Spirit goes, that is not what I said. And I go, Your Honor, that's not going to work. <laughs> and then he looks at me, and he goes, wham! And he goes, excuse me? And I go, sir, you and I both know what's going to happen if I ever come back here again. I go, let me out. And he leans back in his chair, and he goes, this is your absolute very last chance at life. Three hours later, I was on the street with probation. So then you would think, hey, you know, it's all good in the hood, right? And I go and I tell this pastor what had happened. And this pastor says, well, I don't know how to explain this to you. And I said, well, explain what? And he goes, God doesn't talk to people like that anymore.
you know, and, and, and the sad thing is, is I didn't know enough to, to know any better at that time. I hadn't been grounded. And so I took that at face value. And so I ran for 17 years. But uh, here we are today. I know that God does talk like that now. Um, and, we're, and we're back. Yeah. Amen. Love it, man. Amen. You see, even when he, he didn't understand it, but he knew that he'd heard from God. Folks, this is what this is all about. Look, you get a revelation, and then what happens is the next things that happens with the revelation, and this is what happened to Eli, is that faith started showing up. Now, I'm, I'm, not, I'm talking supernatural faith. So faith is, is an inward divine persuasion is what it is. It's, it's, persu it's persuading the believer in his preferences. It's, it's an anointing that functions through faith. Faith in what the Lord is saying and asking of you. That's where it's directed. It's God's, think about this. It's God's warranty that guarantees the completion of the revelation. Think about that. It's a divine persuasion. He knew. He heard from God. He had a divine persuasion, and it was basically a warranty that guarantees the completion that he was going to walk in probation. And he did. Why? Because he didn't allow reasoning and circumstances. See, this is why it's important to know the voice of the Holy Spirit. This is why it's important to make it a priority to tap into your spirit and learn how to, to have life in the spirit and not in, in the flesh. I, I've taught for years life in the spirit. I, I have a whole teaching a good friend of mine, Denny Miller, put together on life in the spirit. It's incredible. It's it, because that's how God works with us now, through his word and through his spirit, and we neglect it. We're not aware of his presence. We, we're, we're satisfied with his omnipresence and not his manifest presence. You know, everybody knows, yeah, God is everywhere, but most people are not aware that he's there. But, man, when the manifest presence shows up, stuff happens right in front of you. Things become tangible. I love this stuff. We love it. We, we walk in this. Ex with expectation comes manifestation. That's not just some quick saying. This is the truth. So, so here's what's happening. You get a revelation. Faith rises up within you. And the Lord is con continually births that within us. See, faith always comes from God. And it always involves. Think about this. It always comes from God. And it always involves his revelation. You need to attach the faith to a revelation. Okay? Faith is always a response to a divine revelation. So what happens is you get a revelation. You know it's from God. Now you begin to get this divine persuasion. It's welling up inside of you. But like I said last night, your breakthrough is not where you're sitting. 
Your miracle is not where you're sitting. It's not even where you're standing, but it's where you're about to step. Faith is an action word. But listen to this. As soon you get the revelation, faith wells up in you. This is the activation. This is what happens. Faith wells up in you. You know that you know that this is a done deal. It's done. All I have to do is do my part on earth to see it manifest. I begin to step out in faith. You know what that does? That releases the anointing. What is the anointing? Well, we know the anointing is the, the Holy Spirit, but the anointing it releases the power and the authority to see this thing come to pass. Let me give you an illustration. The woman with the issue of blood. Well, you just had a good illustration right here with the probation. But here's a woman with the issue of blood. Here she was, 12 years, spent all her money, did everything she could to try to get her healing. She couldn't get her healing. Somehow she got a revelation. That if I can just get out there and touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to get healed. Now, I don't know all of what went on, but I'm thinking, you know what? She didn't sit around on the porch rocking for Jesus to come and wait for him to come to her. Somehow, she got so persuaded that she was willing to step off the porch. And we think, oh, man, we're just going to walk this thing out. It's going to be simple and it's going to be easy. Well, there's a scripture I'm thinking about that says something like the kingdom of God suffered violence, but the violent take it by force. Somehow this woman had to have not only the faith, but she had to have a violent resolve within her that I'm going to get to Jesus. Now, I imagine this woman was weak and, and uh, you know, I don't know what, where her mental state was, but somehow she had this faith inside of her that caused her to step out, that released the anointing. She comes up on this crowd around Jesus. And, and so she and she's also unclean. She's considered unclean. So she can't just walk up on these people. She's like a leper. So she kind of has to go around in behind. You know, and how do you know there was a crowd? And, and well, you know, Jesus was like, somebody just touched me. And the disciples are like, you know, a lot of people are touching you right now. Yeah, but there was one that placed a demand on the anointing. Why? Because she had divine persuasion. She moved out. And when she put her hand down there, I'm telling you something, folks. There was an anointing that released the power and the authority. And it says the virtue flowed out of her, uh, out of him. He felt the virtue flow out of him into her. And just like that, she got her healing. He looked at her and he was like, who touched me? And, of course, she was, she was shy. She was unclean. She didn't know how anyone was going to respond. And he looked at her and he said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Folks, we got to get supernatural. We don't have to get goofy and stuff, but I'm telling you something. When you learn that God wants to operate here in your life, not here. He wants to operate here and help get it processed to here. But in order to get it to here to where it's working out your mouth and your actions, 
You have to keep your soul positioned properly. That's, that's why we are free moral agents. We have the right to choose or reject anything God wants every day. So we have to make decisions. And our decision is to, is to yield and submit and keep ourselves positioned and know how to present ourselves before the Lord. Keep it simple. Just by yielding and submitting. I know this. When I get a word from God, I've written out a, a checks. I, I read, wrote out a check for over a million dollars because God gave me one word. He gave me one word. I want you out of debt. I want this church out of debt in a year. He gave me that one word. I prayed into that. It began to unfold more. Within 11 months, we were able to get rid of some stuff, do some other things. I'm in India, ministering in India. A prophetess came to me and said, you have property in, for sale, and in two months you're going to sell your property. You're going to get your asking price. And we were asking almost twice as much of what it was worth. But we did all of that, did the transaction. We sold an old 17,000-square, ugliest-looking building in town uh, for $1.3 million, bought a 42,000-square-foot building with three houses on the property for less than a million dollars. Paid everything off, totally renovated the building, probably had over $2 million worth of property, and burned a fake mortgage in, in 11 months, less than a year, because we had a word. I'm telling you something, folks. God will give you a word. He will give you a word. Words and knowledge, don't take them lightly. God, we were in Lubbock, Texas not long ago. I was ministering in Lubbock, Texas. Well, it's probably about a, almost a year ago now. It's in Lubbock, Texas, and the Lord spoke to me, gave me a word while we were in, I don't know where we was at, in the, in the living room or whatever, and I had a word. Somebody had a hernia, and I wrote it down on a piece of paper. And I'm in there, and I called out the word of knowledge. I said, somebody here has a hernia. If you have a hernia, stand. Seven people. Seven people had a hernia. Then some guy working on the railroad about five or six hours away, he had a hernia. I said, put your hand on your hernia where it is. They put their hand on the hernia. I said, we're going to command that to go right now. And we spoke to it to go. And I said, now check it out. One guy, his belly button was all blown out from a hernia. And we're in church. And he's got a shirt up almost over his head. And he's pointing his belly button telling everybody, look, it was normal. All seven people, the hernia disappeared. The guy from the railroad called his wife, and he said, it's gone. It's gone. Having, having a word of knowledge, sometimes you get things that you think are goofy. We were getting ready to go to a church. I'm just telling these stories because God wants to do this through you, through all of us, every one of us. Honey, every, how old are you? You, you had to think about that. You're almost, are you almost 15? Are you 14 and a half? Or? Okay, maybe four. But anyway, this is as much for you as it is anybody else, all of us. So we're, we're, we're getting ready to leave. And I said to my wife, God's telling me somebody's got an itchy body. I kept hearing this word, itchy body. You ever get stuff like that, Pastor? I, I, I got this word, itchy body. And so I said, honey, you got a piece of paper? She goes, I write it down on a piece of paper, and I stuff the paper in my Bible. I'm walking into the foyer of the church, honest to God. My wife is here to let you know I'm not lying, because some preachers, they can stretch it a little bit. But anyway, 
So I walk in. I'm coming in the foyer. A lady comes running up to us, and she says this. Did God say anything to you about an itchy body? <laughs> I am honest to God. And I'm looking at Nancy, and I go, I said, are you serious? I said, you wait a minute. And I said, open my Bible. I hold, held out the paper. I said, what does that say? She said, itchy body. I said, why are you asking me? She said, because my husband has had an itchy body for six months, and he can't stop from scratching. It's itchy. And I told him, if you come tonight, you're going to get healed. And he came tonight, and he got healed. He got healed. See, God will give you words of knowledge in the workplace, wherever you're, when you're traveling. You start asking for divine appointments. You start walking in expectation. And now what you're doing is you're walking in kingdom. The, Lord, the Holy Spirit speaking to you. He wants to, God wants to reveal himself on this earth, and he wants to do it through you. He wants to do it through, through these artists like this girl here. I'm sitting behind her, and I'm watching her draw this character, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. This girl is talented. You're very gifted. But see, God will take those things and turn them around and use them for his glory. Okay. So we're going to get activated here in a minute. So, Pastor, I don't know if you know everybody in here or not, but are you okay to uh, just allow a little practice going on in here tonight? Okay, all right, all right, so we're going to do this. I want you to close your eyes for a minute, and I want you to ask the Lord to speak something to you. We're not doing hocus pocus here or anything like that, because if you have the Holy Spirit in you, he will speak to you. If he gives you a word of knowledge, if he gives you a prophetic word for somebody, it's amazing. I was in a meeting in Arkansas. And there was an older gentleman sitting here, and there was a young young boy about 18 years old over here, sitting over here. And I began to talk. I had a an inclining to talk to this young man. And I believe he was um, in the foster care program. He had no father. He had nobody speaking into his life. And I felt so bad for him. He was 18 years old, I believe. And I had such a burden for him. And so after I heard his story, I'm just walking around, and I come over here, and there's this gentleman here, probably in his 60s. And I said, would you stand up for a minute? And he stood up. And I said, young man, will you stand up? And I said to this guy, I said, would you be willing to spiritually adopt that young man? And this guy just broke. He was weeping uncontrollably. And I said, what's going on? He says, well, eight months ago, I lost my 18-year-old son in a car accident. He said, I would love to adopt this young man. You see, we don't know. You just get those little things, those little nudges, and God will bless you. God will use you in that. So let me ask if you have a word, you can have a word for anybody or, or, or a word of knowledge about something's going on in somebody's body. I, I have that all the time. So who, who wants to go first? Anybody at all? Okay, let me go back 
to hear. So are you the are you the real guy or are you the twin? You're the other twin. All right. Okay. So so what's what's going on? What is God saying? Um, I heard br a broken finger. A broken finger. Okay. All right. So is there someone here? You've broken your finger just lately. You have a broken finger. Anybody here? You have a broken finger. You're still having uh, complications with it. Anybody here? Okay. Are you related to him? No. <laughs> okay. Do you still have complications with it? Uh, well, my foot with it, so it doesn't do Okay. Anything. All right. So come on over here. Do you, do you trust this guy to lay hands on you? <laughs> All right. Holy Spirit. Finger be healed. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. No broken fingers. What's going on? It feels hot. <laughs> Man. Amen. Amen. Don't, don't think of any of these things as insignificant. God wants to use you. God, God gives me words sometimes on finances, deals closing. Some people are disappointed. I, I was in New Hampshire ministering in a meeting, and I said, I said, God just gave me a word that somebody here, you're disappointed. You feel like you had a contract, and it's not coming through. And I said, I heard the Holy Spirit tell me just right now that the deal has been sealed, and the contract's coming through. And all of a sudden, you heard a ding, and a guy in the back checks his phone, and he raises his hand. He says, you're not going to believe this. He said, my contract just came through. I just got the email on the contract. You see, what's neat about that is, is it's showing everybody that God wants to be involved in your daily lives. He does. He does. Okay. Barbara? See? I do. Condition, liver conditions. Okay. Who's dealing with liver conditions? Over here. Okay. Go over there, Barb. I'm not doing your work for you. Come on. <laughs> this stuff's important because this is why we need the body of Christ. We're coming together in this. You all right? Oh, she's the one that's intoxicated a lot, right? All right. All right. So I'm gonna, What's I'm your name? Lisa. Lisa. Are you experiencing symptoms now? Okay. Put your hand on your area. 
so Lord, we come against this condition. It's not allowed. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Your past has nothing to do with it. Your present is right now. Touch her, Jesus. Take away the symptoms. Come, Holy Spirit. He knows your name. He loves you so much. There's no condemnation. <laughs> Any feeling anything? You're feeling pain? Well, that pain has to go. We pull that arrow out right now. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Enemy, leave her alone. You have to go. Take the pain, Lord, right now. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Just say, I receive it. Say, I receive it. It's gone. Check it out. All right. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Barbara. Amen. Okay. What I want you guys to do, though, is remember this pattern that God's given us. Get, get in your spirit. Tap into your spirit. Ask God for revelation. If you're going through something, you're, you're getting ready to make a business deal. You're having, uh, you got something that's, uh, you got a bad report. Whatever it is, ask God to give you a word that you can stand on, that you can pray into, that you can walk out. And you know that you know, just like Eli, I know I heard from God. I'm not going to allow reasoning. I'm not going to allow anything else to keep me from receiving what God is saying. This is, this is so important. If we're going to walk in what God wants us to walk in, we've got to hear him. We've got to know how it works. And a revelation is always tied. Faith is always tied to a revelation. And the anointing is always tied to faith. And when you walk that out, you're going to see the manifestation of the kingdom of God. It's going to be tangible stuff happening on a regular basis. It's where God wants us. He will give you wisdom. He'll give you strategies for your business, for your marriage, for your kids, for your future, for your ministry, overcoming something in your life and doing that. Amen. Amen. Yes. My wife and I had just years ago, I was probably about 27, 28 years old, so it was about 300 years ago. <laughs> My wife and I, we had finished uh, our commitment to a mission house and a mission project, and we moved to the Dalles. And up there, we just went up there saying, God, use us however you want. And at that time, I walked into the church, and they had this young associate pastor who was just he was like a stallion that kept spitting the bit. He didn't want to listen to anybody, and God just gave me this download. So I went to the pastor. I didn't go to him. I went to the pastor, and I said, um, Norm, um, got a word from the Lord, I believe, for Craig, and here's the word, and he's going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And 
I'm just pouring it out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He's looking at me going, mm-hmm, 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 mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm going, this is weird. He goes, just a moment. He calls the guy, and he says, got a guy here that wants to meet with you. You need to listen to what he has to say because I believe he's bringing the word of the Lord. So I went to him, and the word was a hard word. But God just, I believed that God gave me the word. I was faithful with the word. I delivered the word. And the word was about, you know, you want to be in ministry. You want to grow. You want to be successful in ministry. But you keep spit, spitting the bit. You don't want to listen to authority. You don't want to listen to anybody around you. And I'm thinking, I'm saying this to this guy at a Burgerville. <laughs> he got really torqued. He kind of leans forward. He says, who do you think you are? And I simply said, I'm just delivering the word of the Lord. If you have a problem with me, you talk to God and you talk to your pastor because it is what it is. So he was mad and he left. Well, 10 o'clock that night, I had more of the word. I said, your wife is about ready to leave you. God just kept this download. I'm going, Holy Spirit, please stop. <laughs> this could get ugly really fast. I have a good right hook, but this would not end well. <laughs> so this guy's looking at me, and he's just getting madder and madder, and he storms out of there. And um, 10 o'clock at night, there's a knock on our door, and Craig's standing there with his wife. And he's just broken. He said, brother, I got home. My wife had her bags packed. They were sitting on the bed. He said, everything you said was true. Fast forward, this brother's been a pastor for years. He pastors a group of churches up out of the Roseburg area, and he's been really successful. So God will bring us those. We got to be faithful to share those words. If you just throw them in the bone can, trash them, there's no life. But I took a big risk, and I took a chance, and I stepped out and spoke the word. And I believe it saved his life. It saved his marriage, and it created life for others. Amen? Thank you, Pastor. Amen. These testimonies will stir up your faith. And we need, we need that. Let me, let me just ask, because I talked about the bull story. I just want to make sure. And I'm not going to ask people to come down tonight, because I believe you can get healed uh, right, where you're, right where you're seated, not maybe in your seat also. But, but anyway, any area of your body, if you need a healing. Um, is, is there anyone here tonight? You came in here, you have pain in your body right now. You have pain. Just stand up real quick if you have pain in your body. Last night, a guy was in horrific pain. He's up in the sound booth for over 20 years. Get healed instantly. We have the authority. We have the authority to command. Jesus said in, in John 14, 12, to those who believe in me and the works that I have done, you shall do greater works. Greater works is that Jesus was geographically limited. That's one of them. He was limited when he was on the earth. But now we got the Holy Spirit, so there's no limitation. So put your hand where the pain is if you can. And you know what? We've we seen people, twenty. this guy last night, 20 years, his pain left his body, and there was something wrong with his eyes where they were not straight, and his eyes corrected also. So he got a bonus deal last night at the same time. So right where the pain is, say, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. You have given me authority. And tonight... I command that pain to leave this area. I command it to go right now. All the pain has to leave right now in the name of Jesus. 
I believe it. I'm receiving it. It's gone. All the pain is gone right now in the name of Jesus. Now, do something that you normally couldn't do. Check it out. Check it out. Push on. Check it out. What's going on? Is it leaving? It's better. What's going on, brother? <laughs> okay, so you don't. Are you able to? Are, are you able to touch your toes right now? You haven't? <laughs> right. But, uh, Step out here for just a second. Okay, just attempt to do it. Come on back up. All right. Let's try it again a little bit. <laughs> yeah, all right. You're getting closer. You're getting closer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Say it's go, say, just say it's going right now. It's going away, amen. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've been around. Don't sit down too quick. <laughs> you know, I've I've been around. I've been doing this for forty years. I don't I, I don't play. I don't get into goofy stuff. I'm not into the name it and claim it and and stuff like that. And not not understand what goes on behind it. And I know there's people that have been suffering for pain for years. I've gone through back pain and stuff. I've got rods in my back. I've got a cage. I've got anchors in my shoulders. So I'm, I've got some experience with that. I have military injuries that uh, have haunted me for years. But God's done some miraculous things in my life that's powerful. But we see God doing things for people like you that have walked in pain for 20 years, have herniated discs, have have no disc is dried up, vertebrae's grown together, and all of a sudden God does a miracle and it's gone. People on Oxycontin, 40 years, gone through the surgeries and everything, knee replacement, and God does brand new things in them. And I believe God wants to do something. So for both of you guys, I really do. So stand up. I really believe you guys are here tonight for a reason. And I believe you guys are hungry. And I believe somehow that story that you saw on Dove, that 15 minutes, something jumped in your spirit. And you say, this is what we're looking for. This is what we need. So you come out of here tonight inquisitive, knowing there's more, but you don't know how to get it. And God showed you. God gave you some things tonight to simply, I want to, I'll give you the PDF, anything I can do to help you to get some answers to some things because you're hungry. This pastor, this stuff, because, you know, you know, there's a lot of foolish stuff that goes on out there, but there's a lot of real stuff, and you guys are hungry. God's doing some powerful things. You, you've got businesses. I know all of that, but the thing that's missing is your God-given purpose, and you guys are at a place right now where we're saying, you know what? I want to be intentional with what God wants. You can have all the money in the world. You can have all of that, but there's still the hole. And God's going to fill your hole. God's going to fill your hole. And you guys are going to get out of bed with God-given purpose. And then people are going to start collaborating with you guys spiritually. You're going to start seeing doors open. You're going to start seeing 
opportunities for you guys to start just doing something for the Lord. I want to do something for the Lord. We've done all these things. God's blessed us. We want to make a difference. And you guys are at, you know, uh, when we get older, you know, we want to find our sweet spot. It's like being a golfer, a duffer out in the golf course. You know, we're tired of the slices and the hooks. We got to get this thing eventually. We got to find our sweet spot and hit our target. And that's where you guys are at right now. It's like, I want to be so intentional with my life. I want to be a blessing for the Lord. The Lord, I believe the Lord has blessed you guys. You guys, you guys are so thankful. I don't think you're ungrateful at all. I believe you guys, I don't know anything about you, but I'm thinking, sensing my spirit. You guys are thankful people. You know that God is your source. You know God has done all of that in your life. And now you're saying, Lord, you know what? We've been so busy. We've been distracted. A lot, you've been doing good things, but you're saying we want to start doing God things. And I believe some of what God wants you to do is start operating supernaturally. Because a lot of people that you're around, they don't need money. They, they need hope. They need peace. They need something supernatural in their life. And if you guys position yourself to hear what the Holy Spirit's saying to you, and you just speak it out like the pastor shared about that guy, he went home, his wife had a bags packed. You know, you guys know a lot of people in bad situations. And you have the hope you can bring to them. And so, I, I just, your, your name is Lisa, Lisa and, and Dave. Can I pray for you guys? Every 
that it is so desperately need people that are skilled to go out with courage and lay hands on those that are broken and sick. And Father, I just pray that you would do just that here in our lives. So we say yes and amen to your plan and your heart. Thank you, Lord. Amen. The Lord is good, isn't he? Amen. What's going on in your back right now? Feels better? Stand up for a minute. Go ahead and have a seat. Stand up again. What's going on? Um, the, the, the back is much better, yeah. Awesome. And the neck, too. It's a double whammy. I try to get people to do backflips. Sometimes they're almost doing them. Amen. I just want to challenge you to get this. This is so important to Nancy and I. And I have to keep back, go back and visit. I've, I drew the diagram. I've studied. How many of you have ever heard of Watchman Nee? I studied him. I was actually, when we got saved in the Philippines in the 70s, the missionaries were going through a study on the natural man, the spiritual man, the carnal man. And that's where I learned some of this stuff. But I got away from it. And I kept asking the question, how do I, how do I tap into the spirit? What, what is happening in my spirit? Because I'm very pragmatic. I want to know and I want to be able to articulate to others on how to function in this stuff. Because the Bible says, feed my sheep, not my giraffes, right? So we can't, you know, just keep preaching over people's heads where they can't apply it, you know. So we want, we want people to be able to walk in this stuff. This is simple. This is broken down. Don't lose your chart. And if you don't, if, if this is not, like, relevant to you right now, put it somewhere because someday you're going to pull this thing out and you're going to like it. Amen. It works. It works. And God wants to manifest his presence on this earth, and he wants to do it through you guys. Amen? So let's stand. We're going to make a declaration tonight. Now, don't miss tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to be an incredible day, 10 o'clock, right? We're going to cross a threshold. I want you to think about tonight what you've been thinking about, what God's been putting on you about coming into your new season, what that looks like, your breakthrough, your healing, your miracle, whatever it is, I want you to think about it because tomorrow we're literally going to put a board down on that floor that's already got the word threshold painted on it and you're going to step into your new season by doing a prophetic act of writing on a piece of sticky notes. We're going to have sticky notes here tomorrow. We're going to have you write. Don't put your name on it. And we're going to have that board up here on the table, and we're going to have people go down and just stick the sticky note on the underside of that board. And then once all those sticky notes are on there, we're going to flip it over, and we're going to lay it on the floor, and we're going to have people line up and come and step over that threshold. You can actually stomp on the threshold because some of that stuff under the threshold needs to be stomped on on your way. And when you come through here, and the pastor and his wife will be first and leadership, they're going to be over there like the great cloud of witnesses cheering you guys on as you come across that threshold. 
And I'm telling you something. The Lord gave me this word about three, four months ago. I was preaching it up in Maine, out in Pennsylvania, and we, we've been seeing amazing breakthroughs by people putting this, putting this down and stepping into their new season, seeing their breakthrough. So tomorrow, I want you to think about that, pray about that tonight, and get ready to write it down. I'm going to tell you what happens in the threshold because there's so many people that are standing right here in the doorway getting ready for their breakthrough, their new season. And they've been there for a long time, but they fail to execute. We're going to help you tomorrow to execute. And maybe you have to let go of some of this stuff so that you can come in and be ready to receive what God wants to put in your hands now. So that's going to happen tomorrow. And it's going to be an amazing day. And it's going to change. You're going to step in. Many of you, if not most of you, will step into a new season. You'll step into your miracle, your breakthrough, whether it's for your family, your business, ministry, whatever it is. You're going to step in. And God, as you step in, God will give you what you need for this new season. He's there, ready to put it in your hands. But it's not with our eyes. It's by faith. Amen. Let's make a declaration tonight. Say, Lord, I thank you that I am a child of God. That the Spirit of Christ, the kingdom of God, is within me. And I am a child of God. And I value the Holy Spirit in my spirit. And I choose today to live life in the Spirit, to make it a priority. To recognize every day that the Spirit of Christ is alive and well and wanting to release to me the Father's heart so that I can move forward and see what what He desires manifested on this earth. So I submit tonight, I am a host for God. I'm a conduit for him to flow through. I yield and I submit and I expect miracles, signs, and wonders and deliverance in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Shake some hands before you leave. Hug some necks and come expecting tomorrow. Pastor, thank you so much. Yeah, God bless you. Uh, Like he said, give a few hugs before you head out the door. So we'll see you tomorrow morning.
I've tasted and seen all the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone your presence Lord i 